Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yes, welcome to the home of the uh, reigning Thursday night football champions. That's your right. Los Angeles Rams. <laughs> That's right. Ticker tape. Let's go. I love, I love the Raider fans sour like, oh, you didn't win the Super Bowl. What are you celebrating so much? You got nine losses. Because we won. We can do that. When you win, you can celebrate. Absolutely. Yes. Suck it all the way home. Love it. What a regular season victory that was. But here's my concern for the week. It's been a week, yeah. and we're still talking about it. Well, yeah, that's the that's the point. I mean, look. Doesn't I, that I, mean you're sticking your neck out for your next opponent, though? No. I mean, look, you appreciate the Packers coming next. You got to go there. It's Monday night. It's going to be cold. We know. I mean, nobody's taking this game lightly, but I mean... It's been, what, seven weeks since we've had a victory yeah. Monday? So, yeah, and, and you did it on Thursday, so you get a couple of extra days. I was going to ask that of you and Sean McVay when we had those discussions with him last season or the season before about uh, do you still get the same joy out of victory because you win a lot. So I wonder how this win felt for him. I bet it was a lot different. When you've been losing for a while and you get one yeah, it's different from when you win 10 in a row, you know what I mean? No doubt. He's DeMarco Farr, I'm J.B. Long. So glad to have you with us tonight to preview a trip to Lambeau Field. It's Week 15 in the National Football League. Yes, after playing the first game of Week 14, now the last game of Week 15. A little mini-bye. The Packers are indeed coming off their full bye. A lot to get to in this show. We will hear from Sean McVay. We'll talk about the backup quarterback situation both right now and moving forward. Also had a nice conversation with Tutu Atwell this week, and we've said it on this podcast program if nothing else comes out of the end of this season just to solidify his role to have a firm sense of what he might give your offense in 2023 and beyond that would be a win and uh, it was good to get to know him a little bit better I think we all appreciate him more as a player at this stage of his career uh, now we know a bit more about who he is and what makes him tick so we'll get to all of that uh, but first Marco, I'm scared for you man scared for me I feel bad for you why and what I'm, the cold what we are going to ask oh. you to do on Monday is not right. No. Not fair. Look. You don't deserve it. I'm actually excited for it um, because it's what the players are going through. So that's 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 what I do. Um, that's what you pay me for, to be out there in the environment. And I welcome it, man. It's a hell of a challenge. Uh, these games are challenging for the players, especially on defense, because – you know, part of being fatigued and tired, right, is is fluid loss. You're you're sweating. Well, you're not going to sweat on Monday night. It's going to be cold. So this is basically about how much can you take before you make a mistake. You know what I mean? So guys like Bobby Wagner. That's why I brought up Bobby Brown. This is a Bobby Brown game. Look, I might sacrifice some pass rush to stop the run versus Green Bay. I might let Aaron Rodgers throw it 40 times. At least – I put the same onus on them because they got to do it right 40 times without making a mistake. So the last thing you want is to get run on. So for guys like Bobby who can hold ground, perfect game for you on Monday night. There's only one entrance and exit to Lambeau Field, like the field. Both teams come down the same very narrow corridor and spill out. (laughs) It is. It's old school. And uh, I have two memories of going there last year. By the way, it feels like the Rams go there every year. They do. 
Yeah. And if the standings hold, they're going to go again next year. We'll get to that a little bit later on in the show. Uh, but where I was going with that is I'll never forget being on the field against sub-freezing temperatures. This was a day kickoff. But seeing A.J. Dillon, uh, one of the Packers running backs, who runs 250 pounds, come down that narrow corridor and having to make way for him and then to stand at field level and think about tackling him over in any conditions <laughs> and much over. less sub-zero conditions yeah. over and over and over again like steven jackson in his prime like who wants to sign up to step in front of that freight train See, this is when for guys like him and he's gonna hunt and peck and he's been getting the ball a lot but i expect jones is gonna get it too uh no he's, doubt he's a dual threat guy but dylan um, up the gut so guys like him you want to make sure your gap sound. I know that sounds funny, but you, when you send it out to the corner, like as in nose tackle has A, Bobby steps into the B, takes on a gap with the proper leverage. You keep sending the ball out. That's how you play defense. When it gets to that corner or the small guy where, where Quadzilla has the advantage, it's got to be tight. If he's got room to operate, you've got problems. So as long as you play together – it's a team effort. It takes a village to stop Quadzilla. But if you start getting separated, he gets on Troy Hill. I love Troy Hill. Good luck with those quads. You know what I mean? I so do know what you you've mean. got to play tight as a defense. The difference between one or two steps running on Troy Hill versus four or five? Or he gets to the spot first. Right. Absolutely. No yeah. doubt. But I'm just saying, to go back to my previous point, if you wanted to report from the press box this week. No. Absolutely. If you wanted to just chill in the locker room. Nah. <laughs> nah, and come nope. out, deliver a quick halftime report. I am the co- I am the combat correspondent. I'm going out there. Absolutely. I was thinking about. <laughs> do you remember that? Uh, what was it? 2018 game in the cold of Soldier Field. Failed Sunday miserably. night football by the lake. Failed miserably. Yeah. I mean, Demarco was a frozen popsicle, and we get down to the bus after the game, and he is already lights out asleep. I'm not saying he's I like did... defrosting and sleeping. I'm and not well saying deserved. I did both. not care about who won or lost, but I was getting close. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking. I'm looking for zeros yeah incompletions got curse words come on man (laughs) what a difference uh this week will make too i think in terms of the circumstances and this is where we kind of pivot to baker mayfield and not just a reflection on what he did against the raiders but where does it go from here the packers and rams are like feuding brothers at this point they know each other well their coaches are friends they've played three times at lambeau field down the trailing two calendar years I know it was chilly at SoFi Stadium against the Raiders, but let's be serious. The game time temperature, single digits in Green Bay, whole different animal, especially for those who are throwing the football. And then I was also thinking about this, DeMarco. Whereas the Raiders had the worst passing defense in the National Football League, and I felt like going into that game, one of the reasons why they were going away from Perkins and hoping that Wolford could go, and if not Baker Mayfield, was because they had to throw to win, and that proved to be the case. The Packers, conversely, are actually fine in coverage, Um, They have not been the defense that many predicted, but they might have the worst run defense metrics in football. So all that to say, a much different complexion to this challenge now that we know who Baker Mayfield is, what number he's going to be wearing, and he'll have a bigger portion of the playbook at his disposal. Debt of gratitude to Baker Mayfield always. So I hope that balances out some of the negative that I've said or thought about him. But that was fantastic, the comeback. But that was Thursday night. That was a whole different animal. This is different. So here's my question. Do you think that Sean McVay, clearly he can get Baker Mayfield ready to play in mm-hmm. two days. Now you've got to make him better. Do you think he could have a six, seven play drive and not get to third down? 
The reason I say that is because your play-action stuff, your first and ten stuff will work against them. Why do I know? It's worked against it's, – it's, they've had trouble stopping play-action or read-away or whatever from, from every opponent this season. So your first and ten stuff will work. The problem is I don't know if you can execute it over and over and over again. Because of the quarterback or because of the conditions or because of the roster you're playing with at this stage? All of the above. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, I think they're getting better. The offensive line is getting better. They're, they're running the football a little bit better. So we talked about continuity there. So as an offense, uh, without the quarterback switch, uh, I thought there was some continuity building there. So I hope going to a new guy doesn't short-circuit that, even though you got the win. That was huge. But I hope that whatever progress you made in continuity – you don't take a step back because you have a new signal caller going into Monday night. Hey, he's DeMarco. I'm JB. This is Rams All Access previewing a trip to Lambeau Field for Monday Night Football. Another matchup with the Packers. I think the question of do you take a step forward from here with the momentum or do you regress back to the mean is really central. Not just for the quarterback, not just for the offensive line, for the team as a whole. And I did see, and I don't want to take anything not one iota away from baker mayfield and what the rams did against raiders but i did see at times the reasons why he's no longer a cleveland brown or or a carolina panther the one hops right yeah, there were some yeah. layups that he didn't make That's... that that had nothing to do with scheme or timing or personnel they were just inaccurate throws correct now he more than made up for it don't get me wrong but i think this week is very much about can you throw with anticipation but don't predetermine because now there's tape out there. Right. Now they see what it looks like. Now they see who you look to and when. And then can you make those, especially flat throws, throws to the flat in the quick game that I think you're going to have to hit to preserve drives in these conditions. Who's on, on the, the other end of, of that out route? Is it Van? Because uh, I, I remember there were some some gimmies, like the Cooper Cup out or the Robert Woods out going back in the day. It was a gimme. So there was one right hash to left sideline uh, that skipped into Van Jefferson. I think uh, one to two to Atwell was errant. Everyone's all the quarterbacks have had a hard time really linking up with Tyler Higby yeah, at this stage that's of the season. A rough year for him. Um, I see two two as your quick out guy. Really, with that speed, come on, hundred percent. Get out, bam! That's running the ball through the air. That that stuff will kill Green Bay. But you've got to be able to complete it. So we're on the same page. While we're talking about Van, one of the things yeah. that I love from, I mean, how about this? He was mic'd up for that game-winning touchdown grab. Awesome. Like, <laughs> sometimes the stars just align for you. You can't predict that. But when you're choosing, okay, of our forty-eight dressed on game day, who's going to wear the wire? Oh, it just happens to be the guy who's going to go out there and catch the game that winner. The game winner. Uh, wow. that, that was special. But one of the things I took away from that was Cooper Cup holding the tablet, working with the receiving core, series in, series out. I absolutely love that. And you mentioned Tutu Atwell. He was our guest this week on Rams Revealed. Um, and he talked about Cooper Cup, the coach. Man, it's it's kind of it's, it's funny because Coop, that's, that's, that's just the type of person he is. So, And even in the meeting room, he coached the meetings. I mean, it's just a, he's a great person, and um, even on the field, I, I'm like, hey, or uh, even on the um, when I had the stunt route, I asked Coop, I'm like, hey, Coop, man, he playing outside, what should I do? And he's like, okay, do this, why not slip him, get back to your landmark, and I did it, and then that's when I caught the little pre- the pressure route, and you just gotta play with it, and mix it up with these guys. So I mean, he had some good tips to give me, and I'm gr- grateful and glad that he's on my team. 
Yeah, I thought that really shined through in the context of last Thursday's win, as did having Matthew Stafford on headset with McVay, with Liam Cohen, and with Baker Mayfield. You know, uh, look, hats off to to Matthew Stafford. I mean, but he's not feeling pressure. There's no issue there. I mean, oh, no, if no. he were healthy, he'd be the guy. So, I mean, that's that would make a guy more willing to step in. Cooper Cup, I am so glad he's got a head coach that feels the exact same way he does about football. <laughs> because if you go to a different football team, say a, fo- a, a head coach that wants the knockoff by five – that guy would drive you crazy. You know what I mean? The guy with constant questions. So, And you would be alienated for it because you would have other players that feel the same way as the head coach. So I am so glad that Cooper Cup, the only guy he can't outwork is his head coach. That's great. And you'd be silly not to learn or listen to Cooper Cup or say, I got it. Are you out of your mind? Listen to that guy. Absolutely. Uh, soak up all the knowledge you can from him while you can because when he's playing – You're going to be on the bench. That's just the way it goes. (laughs) When we come back, I want to hear from Sean McVay about the decision the Rams organization made to not just bring in Baker Mayfield, claim him off waivers, but to turn over the keys on two days prep. I thought that was a uniquely Rams thing to do that had more risk to it than I think we acknowledge or have talked about in retrospect. I'll get his thoughts uh, coming from Monday's Coach McVay show. On the other side, DeMarco Farr, J.B. Long, Rams and Packers, Monday Night Football this week on 710 ESPN. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Here we go. It's Monday Night Football at Lambeau Field in Green Bay. Going to be a cold one, but going to be a lot of fun. How much more intrigued, optimistic are you with Baker Mayfield at the controls for these final four games? I never thought I would say it. I'm super excited to see what McVay is going to do with him because of what we saw on Thursday night. The guy is, if anything, supremely athletic, right? And this is an offense, if you run the typical Sean McVay offense, it requires a lot out of your quarterback. He can clearly do it. So let's see if you can get him to buy in and run your offense with efficiency. And let's see what happens on Monday night. Can I rewind time a week? Remember last week we were talking about, well, why make a move like this? And I think our collective response was, well, why not? Right? What have you got to lose? In terms of the standings, in terms of the consequences on this season, Nothing to lose. Why not go for it? And I think that's why there was the excitement, the buzz, the belief in the building against the Raiders. It felt like something different and maybe special was going to happen. But I do want to circle back to let's not pretend that there could not have been consequences to this move if it comes off the rails and goes the other way. Right. Like okay. that could have been really the the death blow to your season, I think, because. There's other guys, including Bryce Perkins that we talked about, who have been in line, been waiting their turn, and maybe felt like they deserved another op. We documented how it didn't seem like Bobby Wagner. Maybe he was just having a bad day, or maybe he didn't want to talk to the media, but it didn't seem like he and maybe some others were totally enthused with the concept of bringing in outside help here in December. And yet, by the end of that game, Baker's headbutting people without a helmet on, and it seems like all is well in the world. But what we talked about with Sean McVay, I thought was informative in terms of making this move was a very rams thing to do it starts at the top with an ownership uh like stan Kroenke to say yeah go ahead spend a little bit more money take this chance we're gonna be in prime time 
I'm good with it. And then it takes Sean McVay as a head coach and as an offensive coordinator being willing to pour in along with Zach Robinson and Liam Cohen. And I think it takes leadership in the locker room, DeMarco. And you, I want you to take over here in terms of when McVay's in front of that room at SoFi Stadium and everybody knows that Baker's going to get his chance, having just lost to the Seattle Seahawks and secured a losing season four days prior, it felt like the Rams could have been fragile and they chose not to be. Good point. Um, and that still burned. It's burned into my memory. When you said that it's now guaranteed the Rams will have a losing season, that really hurt. When you said that, that hurt. That stung. I'm like, oh, that's it's it's real now. You know what I mean? Yep. So it doesn't mean you lose hope. And I, and I'm with you there. And there's going to be some hurt feelings when their team went out and claimed Baker Mayfield. You know this, especially from that quarterback room. But not a one of them, Perkins or Wolford, had a passer rating of what over 100 or close to 100. So look. There's a former first pick in the draft, a healthy former first pick in the draft that's available. You have to go look. You have to go pick that guy up. So uh, I don't know if Bobby Wagner was upset by the move or or what's going through his mind. It it could have been just game prep. Uh, But I think what the defense and those leaders want is just an opportunity to go out and play your best game and win a football game on Sunday so or on Thursday. So whatever guy is going to give you that best opportunity, they're going to be with. And that's the thing with Sean McVay, standing up in front of that football team. You're exactly right. So he's got a coach, Bobby Wagner, and he's got a coach, rookies at the same time. And you've got to strike the right tone. We talked about that. But those leaders don't really need to be coached. They're great players. But what they are looking to you is to be genuine and to stand on what you say. You know what I mean? So the minute you go back on that, you'll lose them. If you lose them, you lose the locker room. So uh, he has been letter perfect, and he has been honest, and he has told guys, I think Baker Mayfield gives us a better chance to win football games. Trust me. And it worked. I'm glad you said that last phrase because there's a huge element of trust built in, right? What he's saying is, guys, I know we're 3-9, and Trust me on this. And that's what I was getting at when I asked him a question along those lines on Monday Night's Coach's Show. Well, I think the the powerful thing was, is, you know, in the short amount of time that he was here, he made a positive impact on his teammates. Um, And I think it's a real credit to to that quarterback room in general. You know, you look at it, you know, John was going to do everything in his power to try to be available, push through the neck injury, ended up playing the first three plays. And just based on some of the things, you know, felt like, all right, hey, he's done everything he could. But with some of the limitations that he was trying to push through, let's give Baker an opportunity and did a great job on the first completion to Van. But I think, you know, total class act by John, total resilience on his part to even be ready to potentially go. Um, Bryce was ready if need be, and then Matthew helping out as well. But um, it really, I think there's a there's a level of trust that's built up. And then, you know, ultimately, you know, guys knowing, hey, let's, let's do our job. Let's trust the other guy next to me to be able to do his. And, and I think in a short amount of time, based on what Baker had done on on Wednesday, all these practices that we had. I think guys, uh, you know, guys were excited about if he did get in there, they they felt confident that he could, uh, you know, play well and compete well. You you saw Sean's reaction to that touchdown, right? I bet it's eerily similar to a guy that just hit a big hand in Vegas. Sometimes you got to gamble. You you, you put your trust out there. Your trust, your team's trust in you, and then you turn it in to a win, and you seem like a guru. That stuff is invaluable invaluable then let's not pretend the Raiders didn't play a part in it and let's not pretend that Ben Skoranek had not gone up and made a Randy Moss like catch for any other quarterback to this stage of his career what do we call him I thought he was a fullback 
I don't know what to call him. So now. you got mossed by a fullback. That's why I'm. Call, that's why I'm saying. Yeah, right. <laughs> but is he a better route runner and receiver now than he was at the outset of this season? Even absolutely. Oh yeah. Has two two come on for sure? Brandon Powell has had his moments. Van Jefferson. I'm not saying he's back to full health, but my goodness, how can you not feel great for him? He's caught exactly three touchdown passes this season. None of them are from Matthew Stafford. One from John Wolford. One from Bryce Perkins. One now from Baker Mayfield. It's it's uncanny. DeAndre Hopkins sends his regards. <laughs> <laughs> but so two quick things that I just wanted to point out that may not be too consequential, but matter to me. The first is that no one else claimed Baker. And what you said a minute ago, I think is accurate. When a number one quarterback comes available, you owe it to yourself and to your organization if you can to claim him, if the price is right, if the environment is right. And, and for the Rams, it was. But this was not a move to keep him away from the 49ers. This was not a move to sell tickets or drive ratings or whatever. I like the fact that they were the only team out of the 31 others who had the chance that were bold enough to take another look and to give Baker Mayfield not a second chance, but a third chance in this league. Let's be fair. Um, Who else has a similar situation to the Rams as far as quarterbacking before Baker Mayfield? Because it's rare rare when you can find a guy on the waiver wire this late in the year that might be better than what you already have can i tell you just sorry for a random tangent but the other week i was wondering out loud like man it seems like a lot of quarterbacks have played this year right we're in an era where quarterbacks are set up to make every start like we have written the rule book so that hopefully they don't miss a game right they are the franchise they're who people turn tune in to see so i kind of wondered that out loud then we got nfl research involved and so kudos to them for this 56 different starting quarterbacks so far in 2022. Wow, really? For 32 teams, 56 different starters, and 48 have won a game Wow, through Week 14. That kind of – we've been saying this has been a screwball year. That – that's the that's the stat there. That's why it's been so screwball. Most different starting quarterbacks wow. uh, through 14 weeks since 2010. So yeah, it's it's been a little bit haywire. Um, and then a quick word on backup quarterbacks before I forget and lose the thread on Wolford and Perkins. Even though Wolford, I guess, was right enough to make the start against the Raiders, we never really got to the bottom of that completely. But no matter, it sounds like Perkins will be dressed as the backup and maybe only two dressed at Lambeau against the Packers. So they kind of flipped that this week. Okay, so if you lose Baker Mayfield, you still have the benefit of a guy that can use his legs. That makes sense. But the Wolford situation, I, I think it is what it is. I think it's it's run its course. You know, um, maybe you'll see him again. You still have four games left, um, and you can play each game each week uh, differently. But as of right now, if I'm going to Green Bay, it's in Baker we trust. If not, then it'll be the Perkins show again. Stay mm-hmm. alive, make something happen. It is possible that Week 15 features 12 starting quarterbacks who did not start their current team's season opener. 12 guys that didn't start the opener are getting starts. I know Atlanta had a situation Atlanta's with Mariota. Atlanta's a change, yeah. yeah. Baker uh, Mayfield for the Rams making his first Rams wow. start. So Interesting. Pur- Purdy in for San See? Francisco on Thursday Night Football, on and on and on. How about this? How yeah. about the entire NFC West essentially playing backups? Will you grant me Geno Smith? lifelong career backup like former if you, starter okay turn but, back up but the yeah. hour the hour before russell wilson gets traded to denver you're looking at the division saying okay next year starting quarterbacks north to south russell wilson trey lance matthew stafford kyler murray you go into this week <laughs> it's geno smith wow. brock purdy baker mayfield and colt mccoy interesting it's bananas 
Arizona is interesting right now, isn't it? Steve Kime taking a leave of absence, Kyler Murray on the shelf. Interesting is one word part of for a year. it. Yeah, this Might is not be, be the weird. word I chose. Wow. Hey, one other quick thing on, on QB2, since we're talking backup quarterbacks. Here's something that we also hit on with McVay, if I can throw it back to him one more time. I was curious how this season, and last week in particular, may have altered his thinking about the backup quarterback position for the Rams moving forward. Well, I think this year will force a lot of reflection that maybe hasn't had to occur otherwise, JB. But, um, you know, we felt I, I think you want to feel like, you know, if your guy comes in, you know, you feel like you can legitimately win the football game while not putting everything on him. But, you know, guys playing well around him. And, and are you able to still somewhat function? Um, but there's different approaches. And I think in a lot of instances, we've been that way based on just the way that we've allocated our resources, whether that be via the draft or how we've even acquired our quarterbacks. And. Um, you know, this year I think will definitely force a lot of reflection. I don't want to say changing of things, but reevaluating. All right, now that you've gone through more injuries than ever, um, how do you want to really look at things from a one, a three, and a five-year plan? And, and those are all important parts of it. Hmm. Uh, who drafted Sean Marion? It wasn't him. Uh, Sean Mannion. It wasn't him. No, no, Previous. that was, that was uh, Jeff Fisher. Okay, <laughs> so, I mean, look, absolutely, you, you're going to have to spend some capital on a young guy that you can build up to be your guy at some point, don't you think? Yeah, I just don't know if it'll be this year. I mean, I would love to see, given his quarterback knowledge and understanding, Sean McVay really dive into a college scouting cycle, and if he finds a prospect that intrigues him, it's not going to be a number one pick. We know that. Well, it could be your number one pick, whatever you're saying you're your first pick. It yeah. could be. But when you look at a Purdy, for instance, or you know someone else who might fall to day two or three, if there's someone that intrigues him, I'd be all for it. I, I think that is very much his area of expertise. But one of the reasons I asked that question in this moment is not just because of Baker Mayfield, but because of Aaron Rodgers. And as you prepare to go face the Packers, they, along with, uh, let's say, the Eagles, come to mind as organizations who have done it differently, who have built their model differently and have invested top draft capital in their backup with the potential to have that person become their starter. And we know that rubbed Aaron Rodgers the wrong way, and it created a lot of turmoil in Green Bay that the Packers seem to have come out the other side through. Uh, but nonetheless, this felt like the time to just have a general conversation about what is the role of a backup quarterback in the National Football League in the context of this wacky season and moving forward as you put in that five-year plan. Well, I mean, look, Aaron, and, and Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay, that's a different deal. I mean, he's homegrown and... He's basically the franchise, and that probably upset him because he's super competitive. Matthew Stafford is in that same sort of category, except most of your years were spent in Detroit. So if the team wanted to go out and say, we're going to draft your backup, your eventual replacement, there's more behind than in front for Stafford. That's fair to say, right? Yeah, but same kind of comparison in terms of the window being open. So exactly. if you're going to pay me, let's just say arbitrarily, $40 million, and we've got the roster to go do it, we know the Packers had it because they've been one seed worthy. We know the Rams have it or had it because they just won the Super Bowl. Then don't waste a arbitrarily a fourth round pick on the a potential backup quarter, quarterback. A guy Certainly not, not a play. first round pick right. when you can go out and get me hopefully the next Devontae Adams and we can really go at this. See, that's the thing. And that's what I was saying. It's not the same as Aaron Rodgers, but it's close because you have to convince Matthew Stafford you're still going for it. And you would have to sell him on this pick that's not going to help you. It's going to help us in the long run. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, we'll put a pin in that, but I do feel like a good portion of January and February is going to be circling around this topic. And so I think now's the moment just to put it on the table 
and to inform where the Rams go for here, in part based on how Baker plays and whether or not he's going to be an option for you moving forward. Let's get the Packer perspective next. Four down territory, a weekly trip inside opponent's territory. We'll check the temps on the frozen tundra as we continue with Rams All Access 710 ESPN. Welcome back to Rams All Access, Los Angeles in Green Bay at Lambeau Field yet again. And that gives us the excuse to bother Rob Domofsky, who covers the Packers for ESPN's NFL Nation, was out at practice today. And Rob, I think the big takeaway is the bye had its intended effect. It seems like the Packers, with a few key exceptions, are getting healthy as they welcome the Rams. Yeah, JB, this is a crazy stat. This week is going to be the first time since week two that they've had their full complement of receivers. They've had, you know, it was going to be difficult replacing Devontae Adams anyway, and then they've had all these guys in and out of the lineup. Um, We finally should see Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson, the two rookies, uh, get a good dose of action together. So far, they've played 52 snaps on the field at the same time all year. Uh, Dobbs started off really well early in the year, then got hurt. And then while he's been out, Christian Watson has, has, has been unreal the last what, four games? He's got eight, seven or eight touchdowns in that stretch. But now let's see what they can do together. And Matt LaFleur actually joked with us this morning when we asked him what he's going to do with all these receivers. He says, well, we'll just go empty and five wides and throw every time. <laughs> he was obviously kidding, but uh, at least they'll have some options. I mean, it is striking given the narratives of the last couple of years and the draft capital used on Jordan Love yeah. instead of getting the weapons that Aaron Rodgers could possibly leverage to uh, his best in his prime. Here they are, and it, it's worked out. He does have some really good targets. Rob Domoski is our guest on Four Down Territory, our weekly trip inside opponent's territory. I've seen the scenarios. I know what needs to happen, but in terms of the belief inside the facility, Rob, are the Packers still playing for the playoffs? Yeah, I think there's been a little bit of a renewed energy. I mean, they, they had it when they beat Dallas and uh, three, four weeks ago, and everybody thought, oh, great. Then they come out and you know lay an egg on Thursday night at home against Tennessee, and it was back to the doldrums. Then they go to Chicago, and, and, and I mean, I know the Bears aren't very good, but you know, whenever these guys go down there, it's always uh, you know it's always an uplifting feeling. And, and they went down there, took care of business late, and came away with the win, and then went into the bye. Like, look, they've got four games that they think they can win. I mean, starting with, with the Rams, and we obviously your people, your readers, listeners know the, the situation they're in there. Uh, and then at Miami, which you know certainly won't be easy, but Miami's not, it's not like they're unreal. And then they have two division games, Minnesota and Detroit at home. Now, Minnesota probably will have the division wrapped up by then, so who knows what they'll be playing for. And then it's, if it comes down to a Detroit-Green uh, Bay win and they're in game in, in Week 18 – I mean, you certainly like the Packers' chances in that just because they, they've, they've dominated the Lions at Lambeau Field forever. Uh, but, you know, there's a lot of ifs there, J.B., and, um, you know, it starts this if, – if, if they don't take care of business this week, then they might as well – then it's over, and, and then we'll probably see Jordan Love. All right, Rob Domoski, our guest on Four Down Territory. He covers the Packers for ESPN's NFL Nation. Let's flip to the defense. I thought, I think many outside observers thought it had the potential to be an elite one again this year. Why hasn't it been in 2022? Yeah, I was going to say what defense when you said let's look at the defense. They're not good. 400 yards uh, allowed each of the last four games. That hasn't happened around here in a long, long time. They have seven for, I should say, they started the season with seven first-round picks and four high-priced free agents on their defense. Now they've lost Rashawn Gary, their edge rusher to an ACL injury. But, I mean, this was a defense loaded with talent. 
um, and was pretty good at a lot of things last year except stopping the run, and they figured if they could shore that up. You know, they used their two first-round picks on guys in the middle of their defense, Quay Walker, linebacker, and Devontae Wyatt, defensive tackle, both guys out of Georgia, both play up the middle of the defense and, and hoping to, to shore up their run defense. And, and quite frankly, it's gotten worse. Um, I mean, they, they just cannot stop the run. It doesn't matter if it's quarterback, a running back, or a receiver on an end-around or jet sweep. Um, they can't do it. Uh, Joe Barry's in his second year as defensive coordinator. Of course, he was the, the Rams linebackers coach a couple of years before he came here. And, um, you know, it just it has not translated. And, and I would have to think that unless something incredible happens, like they pitch a couple shutouts here, I, I would have to think a defensive coordinator change is, is coming this offseason. But you can't keep changing coaches. I mean, if he, if he makes that change, LeFleur, it'll be his third defensive coordinator in five seasons, and, and he's already had on his third special teams coach. So, you know, it, it's, it, there are a couple things that they just haven't seemed to get, been able to get right here for a long time, and that's defense and special teams. Interesting. Final question for Rob Domoski here on Four Down Territory, our weekly trip inside opponent's territory. It's Monday Night Football in the Frozen Tundra. I'm curious what the reaction in your neck of the woods has been to what we saw from Baker Mayfield and the Rams yeah. against the Raiders. Like, what are they anticipating? Uh, what are they planning for, I guess, in terms of the yeah. Rams' offense under new leadership? Yeah, it's funny. We asked Matt Lafleur, like, how do you how do you prepare for, you know, Baker Mayfield when he's basically played, you know, three quarters of a game in, with a new team, and and you know he's he he like most coaches would do. He said, well, it's about the the system more than it is about the the player. And look, they run the same offense that the Packers do. I mean, that's well documented that Lafleur comes from the McVay Shanahan coaching tree, so um, there's a lot of fam- familiarity there. Um, but look, they played Baker Mayfield last year uh, here on Christmas, and he, he nearly rallied the Browns to a last-second comeback win. So you know they know what this guy can do. They know they're not going to take him lightly. But it is a hard pre- preparation. You know, he said uh, Lafleur said their game planning was was probably as tough and as long as they've had all year this week, just because there you know there's just some unknowns there with with this offense and and how they're going to operate. Interesting stuff. Thank you, Rob. We appreciate your perspective. Uh, please turn up the thermostat before DeMarco and I make our way to Lambeau Field. And we'll see whether or not we continue this streak next year if the Rams do travel to their NFC North opponent and it proves to be the Packers. They would have to be like place finishers. Appreciate you, Rob. Yeah, you got it, JB. I got bad news for you, though. The temperature is just going to keep going down, down, down between now and uh, Monday night. Well, now we know why the Rams raised their hand when the Packers were going to host that London game and Los Angeles volunteered to say, we'll be the road opponent for that one. No Uh, doubt. Unfortunately, it was supposed to be an NFC Championship game preview, and I think the league and its television partner said, oh, no, you don't. We're not moving that one abroad. All right, take care. Have a good rest of your week. All right. Yep, we'll be seeing you. And we're coming back with more from DeMarco Far, including the latest on our playoff eliminator contest. This is 710 ESPN. Final segment of Rams All Access to Marco and JB getting set for a trip to the frozen tundra. Rams and Packers, here we go again. I was taking a quick look ahead to 2023. This is the type uh, time of year where you start to figure out those remaining pieces to your future schedule. You got three games that are determined by like place finisher. The Rams will have a home game against their like place finisher out of the NFC South. Right now, that could be the Saints, the Falcons, or the Panthers. And then the Rams are going to play nine road games next year because they had nine home this year. And so you still need a road opponent out of the AFC South. Right now, it's looking like Houston or Indianapolis. And then the NFC North, which still could be Chicago, 
Detroit or Green Bay. And the reason that was on my mind is, man, it feels like we go to Green Bay every year. It's fun. Yeah, I know. It's it's, it's fun going there for for them, (laughs) not for us. Uh, Gosh, I hope we get that uh, New Orleans coming to town. That would be fun, right? You like to see the Saints at SoFi Stadium? Yeah, absolutely. Let's give them a dose of what they give us every time we go there. Have some fun with that. Let me run down the NFC West standings. Thursday night features San Francisco in Seattle trying to clinch the division, also officially eliminate the Rams from the playoff picture. Niners at kickoff tonight were 9-4, Seattle 7-6. Arizona, you touched on this. Weird vibe going on. It's The wheels have kind of come off in the desert. They can't win at home for the second season in a row. They and the Rams both 4-9. I know I'm getting way ahead of myself. I know I'm probably drinking the Baker Mayfield Kool Aid. You're not gonna. You're not gonna say what I think you're about to say. Could the Rams mess around and finish second? They could. Could the Rams mess around and finish second? They could. You think they're better than Arizona right now, right? If if you now line that up, Kyler's out. Yes. If, if you took Baker against Colt and the current rosters, you think. The Rams are better than the Okay, that's hard right? for me to say because Colt McCoy came up here and absolutely beat you. So they're still good, but I still think because of Sean McVay and because of who they are, yeah, you could finish second versus Arizona, against Arizona, no doubt. Okay, so if you feel like there's a path to finishing above the Cardinals, which why wouldn't you feel that way for the time being? Next on the list would be the Seahawks. They got the Niners, division-leading Niners. They go to Kansas City. They host the Jets, and then the Rams come in. So they've essentially got three playoff opponents before the season finale against the Rams. I'm not saying I'm not trying. I'm not. I'm Where's not, that game against San Fran? I'm sorry. It's home tonight. It's they're, they're home playing tonight. at Lumen Field tonight. You got a shot. Okay. This Rams season is going to end on January 8th in Seattle. So I'm not rooting for this to happen. Of course, I want to win every game, but like. Does finishing second help you compared to finishing third or fourth? No. You mean you can wreck their season? January 8th? Oh, there's there's an element of playing spoiler 100% on the table. Oh, absolutely. But just given where this season was at 3-9, and nine, to even be talking about a run up to second place in the division, to me, is kind of mind-blowing. Well, look, um, when you talk to Bobby Wagner and Jalen Ramsey, pre- and post-game, standings don't matter to them. They still think they have a shot. Not just to make the postseason, to win a Super Bowl. That's I mean, how they're playing. That's not how they're being coached. That's just who they are. So you're right. That's how they've been playing. If there's an opportunity there, if there's a pathway to get there, they're going to try to find it. By the way, so let's talk about Wagner for a second. I think he's all pro. We brought this up with McVay on Monday. The Rams' record might cost him another All-Pro honor, but his performance deserves it, yes? Oh, my gosh. And then how about what Ramsey did against Devontae Adams, in particular in that second half of that game, for all the heat that he's taken for getting you know, kind of run by by high-end receivers? Yeah, Adams got a couple, but those were low-percentage throws, and he went quiet in the second half. Yeah, I mean, guys get beat. Devontae Adams is going to beat you. Uh, look, how tight that coverage was and how perfect that pass had to be to get in there. And then, not only that, did you see his goal line work? Coming up on the run and drilling guys, drilling running backs. I was standing right next to uh, the goal post. So, I'm looking right through the nose tackle. I didn't even see him come from right to left. And he hit the running back right square in the head and turned him sideways. That's not what corners do. 
You know what I mean? Corners yeah. go for legs. And that's why he doesn't like to be referred to as the best corner in the game. He yeah. likes to be the best defensive back in the game because he's so much more than that. And then you can flip around and cover Devontae Adams and take him away in the second half. Wow, that's amazing. You know who else? Troy Hill. Like, Troy Hill, when all is said and done, is probably going to have his three best seasons as a pro all in horns. I don't know if this is right or wrong. It's just from a movie standpoint. I love movies. I love movies about the mafia. I would call I call Troy Hill the underboss. The underboss. He's the underboss. Yeah. Jalen Ramsey is the boss. That's the guy. He's out there. He's he's the best player in the secondary. Troy Hill is the, the underboss. He does the other dirty work. That's well said. He allows Jalen to play to his fullest potential by taking care of a lot of the other roles and giving Jalen the position flexibility to move around the formation. Yes. Uh, Bad news for you. We started with bad news because you have to go stand in zero degrees for four hours on Monday. We're going to finish with bad news. Playoff eliminator. My friend. <laughs> Look at that. He's Adam's already smiling. <laughs> are you sure you know how we play this? Are you, are you clear on the rules? Yes. What happened? Go ahead. All right. So for the benefit of our audience, uh, DeMarco and I, for the second year in a row, have been drafting teams that we think are going to miss the playoffs. We call this our playoff and eliminator contest. If a team does miss the playoffs and they're in your portfolio, you get a point. However, if you've drafted a team and they make the playoffs, you're toast. Now, we did give DeMarco a mulligan on the Miami Dolphins early in the season. That kept the game going uh, for another few months. I still have now a breakfast ball to use. I haven't used it yet. There are some candidates on whom I might need to use it, including the New York Jets, um, the Atlanta Falcons, the Seattle Seahawks I have, the Carolina Panthers, Detroit Lions are getting frisky, Denver Broncos, Chicago Bears. No one currently in the playoff framework but there's a lot of teams knocking on the doors hopefully no more than one of them for my sake you have the commanders who are seven and five and in you have the bucks who are six and seven this is not your fault the south is so bad the bucks at six and seven are in as the nfc south leader and the new england patriots who just beat the cardinals seven and six and also in so texans you're fine uh, Raiders, you're okay. Pittsburgh, you're okay. Packers, you're okay. But you have three teams that if the season ended right now would be in the playoffs. That means that I'm going to sit this one out. And just watch. I am on a bye. Good for you. I don't know why you would go and pick another team, but if you want to, they're all there for you. No, look. Wait. See, this is the second year. So last year I won, right? And this year I've taken it all last the way year, to- Let me clarify. Last yeah. year we both lost, but you lost less. <laughs> <All right. laughs> like okay. the shoe was definitely on the other foot Fair last enough. year. You well, lost less. But I've taken this all the way to December, thanks to you giving me the mulligan. So I don't feel so bad. And, and who knew about Riverboat Ron and the Commanders? Come on. And we kind of uh, wrote in fine print in the new bylaws that no one is ever allowed to pick the Rams. Right. Because if this is a season in which they are not going to make the playoffs, and it certainly is heading that way, neither one of us want to be on the hook for drafting the Rams. I so think that's fair. Yeah. We're down to 31 teams, <laughs> oh uh, 14 of whom are going to make the postseason. The NFC South is terrible. It's unbelievably terrible. That's frustrating. That it's, always gonna, it's always going to sit poorly with me. That in the hardest, I think, sport to make the playoffs, that a team like that is going to go. Look, they got Brady. They still have a shot. That's true. Um, it's not like they're not compelling. Yes, and you want to see them on TV. You know that. So, But that's just the way it goes. It could be Atlanta. It could have been Atlanta. I think the Carolina Panthers still control their own destiny. Wow. I think that's right. I think if they win out, they win the division. Don't quote me on that, but wow. that's still where we are. And that's why this is the best sport the best spectacle in american sports is because it's getting late i mean we're we're at christmas friends yes and there are still scenarios whereby 
teams can find their way in without any help, which like, is awesome. Like the Rams. Well, they need help. Mm, no, the Rams they need, need help. Rams need a lot of help. A lot of help. You know what? We're in the second Rams season of 2022. We started the season over. We've done that again. I did on Thursday did night before really? the Raiders game. Okay. How about you? It's the Mayfield era. I like it. I'm just welcome aboard, son. Now keep the the boat floating. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Give me one key to victory on each side of the football, if you will, as you prepare to face the Packers. One offense, one defense, key to winning Week 15. You got to stuff the run. You you cannot give Aaron Rodgers the benefit of play action. Um, he's going to beat you throwing the football. Period. He's just that good. That's the one thing I have to uh, call out about Baker Mayfield. Watching him play, he's so frenetic. I see what the issue is because you can't keep that up week in and week out without some bumps and bruises. Watch Baker Mayfield and then watch Aaron Rodgers play quarterback. Completely different. One guy is Mr. Efficiency, hardly even moves. The other guy's all over the place. So we'll see if that, that, that pays. But you have to stop the run. And number two, you've got to execute on first down. Uh, whatever you've practiced, whatever the game plan is, whatever Sean McVay has come up with, uh, to get you, Baker Mayfield, in space to where you can hit a van or a 2-2 coming across the field, and it's open, you've got to hit that. You've got to be second and four, second and three, and keep them guessing. If you get in third and longs, they are going to get you to you. That's what Joe Barry and that defense does. So execute on offense on first and ten, stop the run on defense. One quick addendum to your point about stopping the run, that includes the quarterback, because Aaron Rodgers finds the end zone running the football, it seems like, every time the Rams and the Packers get together. He's not fleet of foot, but he is effective. And hearing you preview it, I'm just reminded of what it feels like to be in the booth at Lambeau Field just to see his slow, I don't kind of arrogant swagger, right? Oh, not kind of. It is. Okay. Yeah. He likes playing the Rams. He went right after Jalen Ramsey and ran it in. But he does it in yeah. such a methodical way. He's just got this stance about him, his posture. Can I say it? It's you, smug. You want to hurt him. You really do. You you want to blast him, and he knows it. But you'll never get the opportunity, and that's what sucks. Yeah, he feels like he has the upper hand at all times. All right, well, thank you for being the uh, the volunteer to go out in the cold. Uh, Adam, Doty, MJD, and I are going to keep the windows closed to the booth, <laughs> crank the heat, have a brat, some cheese curds. Nice. We'll be thinking of you, and uh, make sure you're taking a nap on the bus by the Absolutely. time we get down. Stars and Stripes Magazine. Here we come. Thank you all for being with us for this week 15 Monday Night Football edition of Rams All Access on 710 ESPN.